If you had 20 minutes with a counselor, what would you ask? I'm Anna Nash. And I'm Julie Sparkman, a counselor with Restore Ministries here in Birmingham, Alabama. You are listening to Head to Heart, a podcast to help you connect what you know with how you live. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Well, today we're on the third episode of the Head to Heart podcast with Julie Sparkman, and we're so um, excited. Although we've taken a month off, we've had some technical difficulties with learning how to do this, and I'm sure some of you heard on our episode two, we kind of tripped a little bit, but you know, that's kind of the way we roll at Restore Ministries. We're just going to go with it. The temptation is to delete it and re-record, but we're moving forward. Yes, as long as, until you can delete and re-record in life, we will not be deleting and re-recording on podcasts. That's right. This is real life reality podcast. So here you go. <laughs> um, we ended last time talking about the freeze frame activity, kind of, if you will. It's been really, really helpful for me, and I hope some of you out there have been able to apply that as well. If you did not hear that, you can go back and listen to episode two on um, the freeze frame principle that Julie uses a lot in the counseling office. And we have a new intro that I think you heard, like if you had 15 minutes with a counselor, what would you ask? And so we really, really want to hear from you. Um, If you truly had 15 minutes to call in as if this is a call-in show with Dr. Julie, Uh, what would you call in and say? (laughs) We need um, questions. Uh, We're working on getting five podcasts up and running because we have to have that before we go in the iTunes store to go on iTunes podcast. So please give us your questions and we're going to go at it. And how would they, how do they do that, Anna? Um, The way that they do that would be going to their email and sending an email with their question to info at restore-ministries.org. Um, they could always send us a message on Facebook as well. but um, Or they could call our office and leave a voicemail. We could always get that if they would like to remain anonymous. Um, that phone number is 205-440-2909. So there are a lot of different ways. You know how to reach us. So just get those questions out there and you'll have your 15 minutes with Julie possibly on the next podcast. Anyway, one thing that we wanted to talk about today, Julie and I were throwing ideas around since we haven't heard from any of you, Um, and we laugh a lot because Julie and I working together, oftentimes it's like a marriage, and God has brought us together, you've heard us say, because of our many, many differences, and um, I I truly believe that we complement one another, and it's a joy working with Julie. But, and I hope that you have that written down somewhere that you truly enjoy, <laughs> that it's about complimenting and, and, that, and that it doesn't bother you that I'm always late, that I'm always scattered, that I'm always dot, dot, dot. I just hope you remember that, Anna. Well, yeah, many of y'all have seen her spill water um, right before teaching on video. Y'all have seen her spit out her gum. Y'all have seen her, you've been in her office and she's run just a tad late. Mm-hmm. depending on 280 traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't ever find my notes. And she's always so free to say, I'm a lunatic. I mean, I'm a lunatic. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. do that. I'm a lunatic. Oh, I did do that. I'm a lunatic. And so um, we were going to talk just a little bit today about that personality type of one that would describe themselves as a lunatic, whether it be <laughs> free to speak it to the world or mm-hmm. just the fact that they feel like a lunatic 
on the inside, and they're not free to speak it. Uh-huh. So yeah, Julie, tell me all about the ways that you've learned about being a lunatic. Well, let me define what a lunatic is. Um, <laughs> it, it uh, you know, for me, and this is what I'm doing here is is what Paul did when he told us. He said, "Boast in your weaknesses." Um, so that the, the power of God would be shown even still more. Um, and I really am, uh, now that I'm 54, starting much more to glory in my weakness. Finding freedom there. Finding joy there. Um, but I, I, I'm the type of person, always have been, that let's just say uh, I had one friend that was so kind to me. She said, Julie, you are an emotionally complex woman. Um, another word for that might be uh, a lot of up and down lunatic. Um, what for the quote average person is a, um, a circumstance might create in them an emotional hurricane. That exact same set of circumstances creates in me um, a tsunami. Mm-hmm that my, my emotions tend to go from zero to 60 very, very fast with little assistance, whereas other people, it just isn't that much. I mean, Anna, I think it's, I think it's that way with you. I think that you are much more of what we would call a, a, um, just a slower, more even temperament than mine is. Mm. So you know what I'm talking about, yes. right, when I say I'm a lunatic, right? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I wish I could see your face right now. I know you do. Yes. Okay. So, um, but you know, I have spent the vast majority of my life hating the fact that things were harder for me. It was, it was, I, I often seem to be up on the crazy train a whole lot faster than anybody else. And I have always looked at everybody else and said, why can't I be more like that? Why can't I be more like that person? Why can't I be more even-tempered, even-killed? Why do things bother me so much? I am wrong. I fundamentally felt wrong mm-hmm. and defective. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just I've always said that I was standing in the Diet Coke line when God was passing out the maturity genes. And that has been a, a core lie of mine that I've carried for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Well, finally, I've started saying to myself, if the gospel is true, then I can say this. You know what? It is what it is. It's harder for me. I am a tsunami. You are a hurricane. It is what it is. Now what? And that's the hope of the gospel. Because just for me to say, oh, this is just the way that I am, that is not where I'm stopping. I am saying, yes, this is the way that I am, and the way that I am was made by God, but I do then, because I might have deficits in an area that you don't have deficits in, all that means is that I've got to shore up that more, explore that more, a little bit more in my life. It is what it is, now what? Because if the gospel is true, just because certain situations might be harder to deal with than me, that, than you, I'm sorry, that doesn't mean that I can't learn certain coping skills, etc. again, through good, some good counseling, um, good books, good discipleship, good teaching. 
that I have the hope that I will, it will never be as easy for me as it is for, say, you, Anna, to show up on time, to be organized, and to be even keel emotionally. It'll never be as easy for me. But because of the gospel, that is, that's not an excuse. Because of the gospel, I have hope that there are things that I can do, that I have a role in strengthening some of my weaknesses. And that brings in some of the techniques that are often used in counseling, dialectical mm-hmm. behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, medicines, etc. So it, it may be that we have a personality difference in our DNA. Mm-hmm. It may be as a result of circumstances or mm-hmm. relationships Absolutely. Trauma. in formation years. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be just hormonal or the mm-hmm. kind of day I'm having. Yes, yes. There's, uh, so it's more, what I hear you saying, it's more than just a personality difference. You know, it really is. But here's the thing. If we are stuck in what should be, I shouldn't be like this, mm-hmm. and we are stuck in shame, mm-hmm. the enemy has us. Because if we're saying, if we're busy looking at what should be, we are not dealing mm-hmm. effectively with what is. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to, I want to embrace how God created me so that I can, again, start working more out of my strengths, shoring up the places where I'm weak, etc. And this is the, the beautiful part of some of the techniques that, um, that we are taught. Again, well, we're taught in counseling offices and in various places, etc. But that is never to be used as an excuse, I am who I am, or mm-hmm. it is what it is. But in fact, it's the embracing of a reality that we cannot change, that a sovereign God has placed in uh, in our lives. It is what it is. What now? What is God calling me to do with my life now? What is God calling me to change in my life right now so that given what he has given me and the unique way that I am created, how is it that I'm supposed to show his glory in my life through the way that I act? Now, that's never going to be necessarily just like the way that it is you act. But no longer am I going to shame myself that in certain circumstances, this is harder for me than it is for you. Right. And the, I mean, I feel like the world might look down or think negatively about someone with a tsunami type personality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so much beauty. The world. I, mean, would, I, I wouldn't, I would say the world there, I would say you'd also have to include perhaps even more so Christians. Right. And so it, whether, I mean, it's, it's like someone is weak. It's a thorn in the flesh exactly. in, in whatever area that God offers us the gospel to bring us all to the same playing field. Mm-hmm. It's just, I love the gospel is the great leveler, mm. but I also love the beauty in the tapestry of, of relationships and personalities that, um, you know, a Sonoma personality with the gospel is a beautiful, exciting, fun, energetic, mm. brings a lot of life to the party. I mean, we would all say mm-hmm. that about you, Julie. Um, there doesn't need to be all 
smooth sailing personality types. But again, it gets back to what you're doing with it. And um, But I do love the fact of how you view yourself. If you do view it as a weakness, that just like Paul said, where I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because that mm-hmm. there's so much room and space for God to move in and work in and through me. And I can do all things through Him because He's strengthening me. Um with whatever my personality type is. So I guess in closing, and maybe this will wrap up a little bit towards next time, but let's talk for a couple of minutes just about, um, you know, life hadn't turned out as I expected. I really haven't liked my personality. And here I am at age 50, and I'm seeing a lot of things that I'm like, oh, the reason those things have happened is probably because I'm this way. I start to possibly feel regret and shame and, and just why didn't I control things better? And, um, you know, when you're not, the, I guess that would be the opposite of running to Jesus and the gospel is running to myself mm-hmm. and what that yep. does. So would you address that a little bit before we are finished today? Wow. If there's one thing that we've got to get down, I think, um, at any point after 40, it becomes a do or die situation. Prior to that, I think it's helpful, but after that, it's got to have in order to survive. And that mm-hmm. is, um, you're just not that important. Hmm. And it's interesting that the recognition that I am just not that important, I am not the writer of my own story, I am not the writer of anyone else's story, that I am in the story that is being written, and I'm just not that important, lifts the burden off of my back of the weight of performance because the end of the story is on my shoulder. Instead, because the weight of performance has been lifted off my back, I want to give myself more to hearing more feedback from people about how I affect them because I have hope for change and because the end result is not something that I have direct control over. And Mm -hmm. so if that theological truth of God is sovereign causes you to hey, sit down, take a rest. Jesus loves me just the way that I am. Somehow you are not understanding that truth. Mm -hmm. That in fact, that is what it is, should always lead to, and what now? God is sovereign. I am not writing my story. And what now? Where would he have me go? What would he have me change? How would he change me, use me, and redeem um, more of my world through me? Um, it's, it's an incredible, exciting invitation, um, rather than a pass from life. It is actually the fuel that moves me into life, into change, more of a passion for holiness. Amen. Amen. I love that. And, uh, it really is, it's a shift in thinking. Mm-hmm. It's a reprogramming mm-hmm. of the way that I view myself. And yes, so that whole reprogramming always reminds me of the four questions from idle addiction. And so I think that would be a great thing to do on our next podcast is to take this issue um, and mm-hmm. let's lay the four questions over it. Um, what would you think about that? I think that's, I think that would be fun because so much of how I have learned to deal with the intensity of emotion that tends to flood me is that I have learned to steady myself through the reprogramming of the way that I am processing 
my life. Right. That's how I, if, if you will, have learned to talk myself off the ledge. I don't look to anybody else to do that, and I don't look to circumstances to do that. That, no, you could talk yourself off the ledge through thinking well. And that's what we'll talk about next time. That's great. Thank you all so much for joining us today for this episode of Head to Heart. It's truly our desire that um, we help you embracing the reality of life and accepting um, the way God has designed you and then um, taking the gospel and lay it over our lives to find freedom and richness Mm. of life. Mm -hmm. So we're so excited that y'all are here with us today. And don't forget to send us your questions or if you have any other inquiries about Restore Ministries, don't forget it's info at restore-ministries.org. Have a good day. 